Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This segment was presented by Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. What's going on, everybody? I hope everyone is having a fantastic weekend so far. I was grateful and privileged enough to attend Paradise Camp Saturday night. Phenomenal experience. And guys, there's plenty to talk about. I cannot wait to bring up the notes that I uh, have written down and what I saw. I understand there is a situation going on. Wesley Besaint was visiting Florida State this weekend. I believe it was Friday. And he threw the U down. Now, you got to understand the backstory as well. The entire coaching staff at Florida State was basically, in a sense, trying to push him to do it. Pressuring him is the appropriate word. If you guys don't know Wesley Besaint, he's the number one priority at the linebacker position at the University of Miami. We did not take Omar Graham Jr. I don't understand why. He's a three-star linebacker at Stranahan High School. And he committed to Florida State recently. I've had him on my YouTube channel shows. Great kid. Very physical. Very aggressive. He's the linebacker I would love to have at the University of Miami. Not the most athletic player out of South Florida, but he's definitely one of the top linebackers in South Florida. Great talent. He should get a four-star bump easily. And he committed to Florida State. So, you know, it definitely didn't sit well with a lot of the fan base, Wesley Besaint throwing down the U, especially when you're considering Miami in your top three. As of right now, it seems like it's Penn State, Florida State, and Miami. I always thought we were in a great position with Wesley Besaint and he'd end up a Miami Hurricane but throwing down the U definitely was a little controversial it stirred the pot now I want to say as Wesley I'm assuming he's a 17 year old kid 18 year old at max maybe even 16 I don't know his birthday I don't know his exact age that's just a range but if I was a kid of his age because if he's not 18 he's a minor 
if you're on a visit on a college campus and you're considering this program in your top three and the entire coaching staff is pressuring you to do something at that moment i might follow their orders i'll be honest as a young kid now he did attend paradise camp and he was there decked out in university of miami gear I was standing right next to Wesley, the Saint. I didn't want to go up to him, really didn't want to speak to him per se, because I, I didn't want to intrude. You can tell kind of the vibe had off. He, he seemed he seemed to regret the decision he made. And a lot of people were, you know, it was understood. He he came in a little bit feeling embarrassed is what I saw. You know, a little bit just underwhelmed as to what he did and I'd be very nervous as well being at Paradise Camp knowing everybody and their mom saw you throw down the U at Florida State. This is what I'm going to have to say to any University of Miami fan that may not want Wesley Besaint after seeing that antic that happened at Tallahassee, throwing down the U. We really need help at the linebacker position, and Wesley Besaint is probably the best linebacker in the state of Florida. That we're going after. He's definitely the number one priority. So if Florida State per se grabs Wesley Besaint and Miami drops him because of that narrative that happened in Florida State throwing down the U, we are in extreme trouble. Because Florida State just grabbed the two top linebackers in South Florida. And that would not be good for the University of Miami. Because as we all know by now, the linebacker position unit, personnel-wise, is very weak. The weakest I've seen in quite a while. And Manny Diaz has done an awful job during his tenure, even as defensive coordinator, identifying physical linebackers at the college football level. He's gone for more an athletic profile, and I I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. He's gone for a lot of under-the-radar linebackers as well. We know the personnel we have. Wesley Besaint is a priority. Now... Speaking of the linebacker position unit, there was also another highly touted linebacker taking his official visit, DeMario Tolan out of Dr. Phillips High School in Orlando, Florida. He was there taking his OV. He was speaking with John Beeson for quite a while, him and his family. By the way, guys, just a little background on DeMario Tolan. He is a four-star linebacker out of Orlando, Florida. Holds offers from LSU, Miami, Tennessee, Auburn, and Florida State. That's a pretty impressive list of offers. If we can land Wesley Besaint and DeMario Tolan for this class, that's a huge win in my opinion. And I think that can translate into an elite class if we can build off of that. We currently have Ja'Curry Brown, Landon Ibieta. We're losing Quan Lee. That's the word. He is going to flip to UCF. Coaching staff was not happy that he had attended an official visit to UCF, that he visited the school. That did not sit well with them. He even stated that he locked down his commitment. I am not expecting Quan Lee to finish out as a committed class of 2022 University of Miami Hurricane. I don't expect him to sign his letter, a letter of intent with the University of Miami. So just keep that in mind, guys. But if we can keep adding... These players are Wesley Besaint, DeMario Tolan. Slowly but surely, this is going to be a very quality class. And Avante Williams as well. All indications seem like 
He had a great time on his official visit. Seems like Miami is trending upward with the Mario Tolan. That is their second priority for this recruiting class. And they're only taking two linebackers. Max three. But I believe they're only going to take two linebackers in this class. And I really think the Paradise Camp, the visits to the University of Miami campus, really did DeMario Tolan's family and himself really well. I think they really enjoyed themselves from what I saw at Paradise Camp. And I think Miami is trending upward. There was a time where I thought we may not get DeMario Tolan. I think Miami is very much in play. Now, there was another highly touted recruit. Five-star defensive lineman out of Opelika, Florida. He intends Monsignor Pace High School. Shamar Stewart. This kid is a star. Freak athlete. Great talent. Locally in Miami-Dade County. He was on campus as well. He did not participate in Paradise Camp. Neither did DeMario Tolan. But he was there. He was talking with Calais Campbell, Gregory Rousseau. There was a big priority surrounding Shamar Stewart. That's another must get. And it seems like he was interacting well with the players I saw on the team at the Mi- for the Miami Hurricanes football program. Seemed like he was enjoying himself. Hey, speaking with first rounders such as Gregory Rousseau, NFL veteran Calais Campbell. I think that's a great opportunity for Shamar Stewart to like the University of Miami even more. And what I'm hearing is that he he's a local kid. He wants to stay in Miami, close to his family. He's a family guy. Gotta respect it. So I think Shamar Stewart will end up in this class. You never know what could happen in the SEC. But I think Miami's in a great position for Shamar Stewart and Demario Tolan after Paradise Camp from what I saw. Now, speaking of great talent. There were a couple offensive linemen when I saw the offensive line, defensive line drills going on that really caught my attention. And this one player received an offer after Paradise Camp from Coach Garen Justice. He's coming from the West Coast. Tapule Amama, if I'm mispronouncing it, his name, I greatly apologize. Three-star offensive lineman from Utah. Traveled a long way for this camp. He holds offers from Hawaii, BYU, and recently Miami. Look, he looks the part. His profile, this kid is huge. I mean, very wide body. It's very difficult to get around him. He's humongous. I don't know what his descent is, if he's from Samoan descent, Hawaii, but he's a big guy. Huge. Now, I will say, what I saw from him, he's a project at hand. Joaquin Gonzalez was really putting an emphasis to work with him throughout the drills. Garen Justice was keeping a close eye to him at all times. And there was a lot of coaching. There were times where he lost battles in one-on-one drills. A couple times. But he looks like a power five offensive lineman. I can completely see him at right guard or right tackle, in my opinion. So look out for Tapule Amama. I expect him to get more Power 5 offers as we move forward in this class. I can't recall the last time Miami landed a recruit from the state of Utah. But I thought he looked the part as a Power 5 offensive lineman. 
that should play right tackle or right guard at the next level. I, they did not test him out at left tackle or left guard during drills, but he really did look the part. Another offensive lineman who was much more impressive than Tapule Amama was Jacob Hood. Three-star offensive lineman holds offers from Auburn, Georgia, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Miami. From Nashville, Tennessee, this kid is the real deal, guys. I left very impressed. I actually, honestly, when I saw him live, I didn't know who he was at first. Then I started doing some research, and Jacob Hood was incredible. He really was. He won all of his battles, except for one. And I forgot who he went up against. I believe, I want to say it was um, Elijah Miller. I could be wrong. But he looked very impressive throughout the drills. And I honestly would love Jacob Hood to be a Miami Hurricane. I hope the staff really puts a full court press on him. And I think, once again, he's a Power 5 starter is what I saw from him. Tapule's a lot bigger than Jacob Hood. But Jacob has a nice stature for a Power 5 offensive lineman. And he really did impress me. In my opinion, he was the most impressive offensive lineman regarding the entire unit. And Joaquin Gonzalez was very impressed as well. So those are definitely two offensive line names to look out for coming out of Paradise Camp. But Jacob Hood definitely was the MVP of the offensive line. Tapule Amama, he's everything you can see in a Power 5 starting offensive lineman. I just think there's a lot of work. And he's a project at hand. But the stature, the physical presence, his measurements are all there. He just needs a lot of tweaking and it's going to be a project. But the strength and power is there. He's a big body. It's very hard to get around him. Jacob Hode is a lot more fundamentally sound. Now speaking of great talent, let me tell you something. Marvin Jones Jr., that kid is the real deal. Jess Simpson was praising him throughout drills. Now... (laughs) He's another recruit that did throw down the U while his time at Florida State. It's in his blood. His father attended Florida State. He's a Florida State Seminole, his father. So, you know, I'm not all in shock that he threw down the U. And I'll be honest, I'll be completely shocked if we land any American Heritage Plantation recruits. Jacoby Spells is making his commitment announcement July 4th. It's down to Indiana, West Virginia, Miami. Indiana's making a lot of noise. In South Florida, they just landed Travell Mullen. They got Taiwan Mullen from Coconut Creek, Florida, which is Travell Mullen's brother. But I don't think Marvin Jones Jr. even considers Miami, to be honest, guys. And something's off with the connection with American Heritage Plantation and the University of Miami. Something's off, guys. I don't think Manny Diaz and Earl Little, and this is just my opinion from what I'm seeing, have the best relationship. I'll leave it at that. I don't think Earl Little Jr. will be a Miami Hurricane. I don't know about Jacoby Spells. I think it's 50-50 with West Virginia and Miami. And I think Coach Earl Little is you know, recommending to his players, please look around. There's a lot of great options out there for football programs, and there are. You don't have to be entitled to attend the University of Miami because you're right next door. There's plenty of great programs where they develop talent. And maybe the alumni are not too big on Coach Manny Diaz and he has a lot to improve to gain that respect from the alumni. But Marvin Jones Jr. was the best defensive lineman out there. 
that kid will be an NFL player one day. And if Florida State grabs him, which I doubt, but we'll see. I mean, his father is a legacy there, and he threw down the U on campus. They're going to grab one heck of a football player. And I fully expect him not to pick the University of Miami. I'm keeping it real with you guys. I don't think we land Earl Little Jr. as well. They were both there. Their teammate Brandon Innes, who's the number one, I think, overall player in the class of 2023. He was in attendance at Paradise Camp. He was talking to Coach Cooney a lot. Coach Aristide uh, had a brief conversation with him. He did not participate. American Heritage Plantation is going to be a tough battle for the University of Miami this upcoming class and moving forward. That's the reality of the situation. We have not had a lot of success with American Heritage Plantation. Nesta Silvera, Kyleon Herbert are only wins. We've lost a lot. Pat Sertain, Tyson Campbell. Seems like we're going to miss out hugely with this personnel they have coming into the class of 2022 and they're very talented i remember i interviewed damon fagan who's a class of 2023 safety tremendous player he's going to be a four-star five-star recruit out of american heritage plantation and i interviewed santana fleming another great wide receiver should be a four-star recruit as well they both told me the expectation at american heritage plantation is to not win the state title It's to be national champions, and they're on a whole nother level. The talent is there. They have the premier coaching staff. That's one hell of a football program, and that's a pipeline you do not want to burn a bridge with, and I don't think the bridge is burnt, but I think it's extremely broken, and that's just my opinion. Now, I want to talk about wide receiver play. Because honestly, I didn't see anything that caught my attention. There was one player I thought he looks the part as a power five player. He's quick. He has long arms. He's going to be a tremendous player on the outside. This is Sean Wilson out of Middle Village, New York. He attends Christ the King High School. Six foot five, 215 pounds. And that's not on paper. That's on real life. Sean was extremely impressive on -on 7-on-7 drills, 1-on-1 drills. I spoke with his head coach. He said Demarcus Van Dyke loves him. Has not gotten a lot of interactions from anyone else on the staff. I don't understand why his team tore it up, including himself, at the Maryland camp he was at the other day. I believe it was on Friday. Then they flew down to Miami. I fully expect Maryland Rutgers to be making offers soon. This is a name that's going to heat up as we get closer to National Signing Day. And I hope Miami puts a little bit more interest into Sean Wilson because I truly think he can be a deep ball threat and we can utilize him tremendously on the outside. If not, transition him over to tight end. He's 6'5". David Njoku's 6'4". He has the exact measurements as Will Mallory. And he's very athletic. He actually reminds me a lot. I think he's a little bit more athletic than Will Mallory was in high school, in my opinion. I'm just very high on him. I spoke with him after the camp. Great kid. And I I really think he's going to pick up a lot of offers in the Northeast. And if Rutgers offers him, Greg Schiano has a great eye for talent evaluations. He's already been on campus. He's already taken unofficial visits there. They haven't given him the green light. I'm expecting they're going to give him an offer soon. But look out for Sean Wilson. Jaden Gibson guy, he 
guys, he's going to be a Florida lock in my opinion. All signs seem like he's trending upward to Florida. He canceled his visit to Tennessee. I think he's going to end up as a Florida Gator. And we're dropping Quan Lee. We need to fill in one more wide receiver. Or a nut, three at most. We have Lanny Ibieta, who, in my opinion, guys, I don't see him playing on the outside of the Power 5 level. I think he's going to be strictly playing on the inside. I, I can't see him in any deep ball threat situations, beating any man coverage situations, one-on-one battles on the outside. I can't. Sorry, guys. I'm going to keep it real. I can't see Lanny Ibieta putting up a TD on a post route, burning the receiver, I, I, burning the corner. I can't see it. I can't picture it at all. Now, on the inside in the spread offense, what Red Lashley utilizes, hey, I can see him get open in space, win some one-on-one battles, middle of the field. But on the outside, I can't see it. So we need to bring in an outside wide receiver. And I'm keeping it real with you guys. I'm being honest. Sean Wilson is a viable option. Now, we are also looking at Anthony Morrow out of North Carolina. Another great athlete, plays basketball as well. Six foot four wide receiver. Holds offers from Ohio State and North Carolina. We have not offered Anthony Morrow. We haven't offered Sean Wilson. So that tells me that the staff is still pushing for Jaden Gibson. But once Jaden Gibson commits to Florida, when that's official, Quan Lee's going to UCF, as I previously mentioned. Look out for those two names to make some noise. I think those are viable options, and they're big body receivers. And Sean Wilson told me, if Miami offers, he'll put a stamp on it. Remember that, guys. Sean Wilson, 6'5", 215-pound wide receiver. I think he can be also used as a tight end as well at the next level. Middle Village, New York. Great talent. Last thing I'm going to say about this recruiting class, guys, moving forward from Paradise Camp, it's it's a very odd recruiting cycle. I understand there's COVID-19 involved still. We're going into the dead period. What I'm getting from this class is Manny Diaz is trying to build quantity. I mean, sorry, quality over quantity. Remember, Al Golden wanted quantity over quality. He was trying to stack up that class. Get a bunch of early commitments, have the class at number one, number two, number three early on, and then slowly falls apart. Mark Richt as well. I think Manny Diaz is being very specific. He's trying to evaluate talent and the personnel at hand and handpicking them slowly at a time. But we got to pick up the pace a little bit because I feel like we can be, we need a close. We need a close. And Wesley Besaint, Demario Tolan, Shamar Stewart will be an outstanding start for this class of 2022. And all those three guys were at Paradise Camp. Shamar Stewart was interacting with players on the team at the University of Miami. Seemed like he was having a great time. Anything could change if he visits Georgia, Alabama. By the way, guys, speaking of Shamar Stewart, just want to add real quick. I don't think Nigel Lee Kelly will be in this class. I think he'll be going to Georgia. That's just my opinion. But I think Georgia is trending upward with Nigel Lee Kelly. He was not at Paradise Camp. If we land Shamar Stewart, that would be great. We had Wesley Besaint icing on the cake, and then Demario Tolan follows. But we cannot lose those guys, specifically Demario Tolan, Wesley Besaint, because our linebacking core, as I said previously on this segment, is poor. It's awful. We need to evaluate better at the linebacker position. 
Where are the damn Morgans? Your Colin McCarthy's, Denzel Perryman's, your John Beeson's. Where has that been under the Manny Diaz tenure? I'm looking for it. We have a bunch of undersized linebackers. And yes, we moved Keontre Smith from linebacker from the striker position. I think he was at safety previously. I don't like that move. I don't like it one bit, in my opinion. Let's see how it works with Avery Huff. I think Keontre Smith is very undersized. And I think we can get a lot and get away with a lot in ACC Coastal play. But the moment we played that elite power five team, your Alabamas, your Clemsons, your North Carolinas, who have an outstanding offense. I think we all saw that the last year. I think it's going to be a lot of trouble for Miami on the, the run attack, on the ground, defending the run game when we face big body running backs. And I think last year against North Carolina, it proved a lot. And I think it's going to show against Alabama game one. And that's just my opinion. But I think Alabama is going to put a stomping on us on the ground. And that's going to wake a lot of people up. Jawan Mitchell, linebacker from Tennessee. And it, oh, sorry, he committed to Tennessee, came from Texas. I think that should have been a, a must get. I understand Henry Toto, we were definitely interested in, but Alabama, Ohio State were knocking on his door. I mean, it's very difficult to win that, win a transfer portal player over such as those programs. But we better put our foot on the gas pedal, guys. For Wesley Besaint and Demario Tolan. We have to close. Regardless if Wesley Besaint threw down the U. Regardless of that. We have to land him. If Florida State lands him and Omar Graham Jr. The top two linebackers in South Florida. Red flags everywhere. That's all I'm going to say regarding this class. We have to close. Because according to an ACC coach. And I will never state his name. SEC recruiting is a dirty game. I hope everyone enjoyed this quick segment. I look forward to making more episodes weekly for you guys. And it was an honor and privilege to cover Paradise Camp 2021. Have a great night, everyone. Go Canes. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.